Hello, good afternoon. This is the Midday News. The news is live on Joe 99.7 FM in Accra, on Love 99.5 in Kumasi, and over 30 affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions, including Bishara Radio Tamale, Sky FM Sunyani, Radio Freed in Nandom, also live on Next Spaces, Facebook Livestream, and Majoy Online Interactive App. The Midday News is sponsored by Petrosol, your clean fuel in full quantity. Petrosol, always a delightful experience. Also brought to you by Duraplus Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC and and HDP pipes and water tank, the only water storage tank with a level indicator. Where Duraplus goes, water flows. This afternoon, exclusive statements reveal closure of the four radio stations in Boko was due to a unanimous decision between the Upper East Coordinating Council and the National Security. Some of the actions of these four radio stations have actually led to some loss of lives and some properties. So based on that, national security informed the NCA. The NCA invoked its powers. We have details of a statement back in the closure and we'll also hear from the NCA. Meanwhile, owners of the radio stations have petitioned the National Media Commission to look into the matter. You must write officially to the affected radio stations and give them 30 days notification that you will be suspending their frequencies. They haven't done that. They haven't engaged. So we, we are relying on the National Media Commission to you know do something about this because it's, it's very illegal. Also in this bulletin, economist Kwame Pianim describes unfortunate the president's appointment of the former finance minister as senior advisor and special envoy for international trade, insisting the move has eroded all the goodwill that came with a recent reshuffle. It's the same guy who gets kicked out of the European market. How can he be an envoy? We don't have an economy now. What is he going to be advising more? He's also demanding more clarity on the NDC's presidential candidate's proposed 24-hour economy. Uh, people are talking about, you know, 24-hour uh, economy. I don't understand. What is it? We don't even have electricity for one shift. Where are we going to get electricity for three shifts? Also in this bulletin, 1 billion cities to collect from defaulters from now till the 15th of March. The Northern Electricity Distribution Company embarks on a massive revenue mobilization drive. Every customer who is in our arrears has, in one way or the other, been informed of his or her indebtedness. And uh, we have to ensure that whatever is due us, we are taking. We also have sports. Well, the local organizing committee for the 13th African Games has budgeted to spend a staggering 48 million US dollars, the equivalent of 602 million Ghana cities, on operational expenses six times parliament's approved figure of 100 million Ghana cities. And later in the bulletin, the creative fraternity has been plunged into mourning following the demise of Peter Morgan, the lead singer for Grammy Award-winning reggae group Morgan Heritage. Do you see anything to smile about? Look Details of these and more coming up with me. situation in the region as it relates to escalating tensions in the Boku municipality. It came to the fore that actions of the four radio stations in the municipality accounted for some of the upheavals resulting in the wanton killings of innocent lives in the conflict. Right. Now, having examined and thoroughly discussed the issue, the meeting, which was attended by the regional director of the National Communication Authority, recommended the closure of these stations. These stations are the Boku 
Kaku FM, Source FM, Zara FM, and Guma FM. Now, it continues to say that it will be recalled that many lives have been lost within the past five days as a result of insightful comments made by panelists of both sides of the conflict. Following our experience with the Rwanda's example, which led to a genocide, it is high time to act now by closing these stations. And it concludes by saying that we count on your cooperation to help the Red Sep right. nip in the baddest emerging security threat. Well, there's a follow-up letter from the National Security as well. What does yes. it say? So this one is dated 21st February, and it's from the National Security Coordinator, Edward Asumenin, and then addressed to the Director General of the National Communications Authority, and it says recommendations for closure. Uh, okay, so it says reference the attached letter from the Office of the Upper East Regional Coordinating Council. Mm -hmm. It gives the number and then the date of the previous letter. Right. And it says an assessment by these ministry revealed that the propagation of inflammatory comments by some panelists and presenters on Boku FM, SOS FM, Zara FM, and Guma FM have largely contributed to the recent escalation of the Boko conflict leading to the loss of lives and properties. Consequently, your outfit is as a matter of urgency requested mm. to close down the aforementioned radio stations to avert the breach of peace in the area. You may contact the ministry for any assistance in that regard. So this is the letter the National Security Coordinator Edward mm. Asumeni wrote to the Director General of the National Communications Authority on 21st February 2024. Mami. Thank you very much. Maxwell is, is worth our security decks. Now we can hear from the National Communications Authority's Director of Consumer and Corporate Affairs, Nana Diffie Bedu, explaining the actions. Um, the National Security had done some investigations that I believe we are all aware of what's going on in Bombay. And based on the monitoring and then the investigations that the National Security had done, they had um, come to the realization that some of the actions of these four stations had actually led to some situations, some negative situations, if I may call it that way, resulting in some loss of life and some properties. So based on that, national security informed the NCA. The NCA invoked its powers. And then the, I think it's also important for us to note that the NCA does not monitor content. Okay. And so um, we worked with the national security based on their um, intelligence. actions or their intelligence to maintain within that area. Did you inform them before shutting down the radio station? Experience has given us some form of um, what we would call uh, some standard operating procedures. And in most areas where we are likely to face some negative um, actions from the people, it is very important that to maintain peace within um, for the shutdown period, we do not give prior notice. I believe that um, you will understand with me that sometimes if you give these trial notices, we would go there and that probably results in some class or some negative um, behaviors there. But that is our standard operating procedure for shutting down the station. So you had there Nana Diffie Bedu. She's the Director of Consumer and Corporate Affairs at the National Communications Authority. Well, joining us in this conversation is Senior Programs Officer for Freedom of Expression at the Media Foundation for West Africa, Mohib Said. Mr. Said, we're grateful for your time on the Midday News. Well, how do you perceive this move by the NCA as seen in the closure of the four radio stations in Boko? Thank you very much for having me. Uh, the Media Foundation for West Africa has also been monitoring the situation uh, in Boko regarding radio programming. And uh, we've been working with the National 
media commission to address some of the issues. In fact, in September 2022, we participated in a virtual forum organized by the National Media Commission and which was also attended by other media stakeholders uh, such as the Giba Ghana Journalist Association. And at the end of that meeting, the NMC on October 2, 2022, issued a press release warning the owners of the stations involved to, and I quote, adopt stronger gatekeeping measures to ensure that persons with interest in the conflict do not hijack radio stations to foment trouble. Now, given this background, we've been aware that the National Media Commission has been working to address the issue of inflammatory language and rabble-rousing pronouncements that the NCA is citing as the reason for its decision. So and that... so the closures do not come to us as a surprise. We are, however, uh, taken aback by the fact that it was the National Communications Authority that announced the decision to shut down. And if you listen to the lady from the authority, she confirmed that the NCA does not do content monitoring. That, indeed, is the domain of the National Media Commission. So, so, Mr. Mohib, um, the, the owners of the radio stations have indeed petitioned the National Media Commission to look into this matter. But really, you think that is, is an effective way, do you think this move is an effective way to um, ensure that it quells the unrest ongoing on in Boko? Well, I think it's a decision in the right direction because the posture of the radio stations involved was not helping the peace building efforts in Boko. And therefore, we endorse the closure. Our issue is with the fact that the National Communications Authority acting in concert with National Security uh, are the two organizations that decided to I mean, carry out this exercise. And uh, our concern stems from the fact that these bodies are government institutions with heads that are appointed by the president with political interests and so if we allow them to get into the arena of enforcing professional standards and ethics we are not always going to get it right we're grateful um muhib said who is senior programs officer for the media foundation for west africa now moving on um We've also been speaking to the one of the owners of the radio stations, that is um, Guma Nuru, who is who is MD for Guma FM, and they have petitioned the National Media Commission on the matter. But the same Electronic Communication Act further says in 13.2,
that before you carry on with the suspension, you must what? You must write officially to the affected radio stations and give them 30 days notification that you will be suspending their frequencies. They haven't done that. They haven't engaged. So what we have done is we have uh, communicated with the National Media Commission and the Executive Secretary uh, has taken the documents and, and uh, that I'm sure very soon they will be taking action on, on, on it. So. Well, we'll be keeping an eye on that development. Moving away from that, economist Kwame Pienim has described as unfortunate the appointment of former finance minister Ken Oferiata, senior presidential advisor and special envoy for international trade by President Ekufuado. Mr. Oferiata was relieved of his position as finance minister on Wednesday, February 14, and replaced with Mohammed Amin Adam, the chief of staff, Akosia Freeman Ose Apari, in a statement dated February 15, announced the new role of the former finance minister. But speaking on the AM show, Mr. Pianim, who is a leading member of the NPP, slammed the appointment, insisting it had eroded the goodwill that came with a recent reshuffle of ministers. I mean, Kenoforiata going uh, is good for the optics. That the person who led us into the financial and economic crisis we are in, we haven't been here before. There's never been a time when Ghana has not been able to pay its bills. We are not paying our bills. The bills are there. We are not going to start paying them until about 2025, 2026. It's the same guy who gets kicked out of the European market. How can he be an envoy? I, I think Nane knows the international community are not that gullible, so we don't send him there. We don't have an economy now. What is he going to be advising him on? You pick. I mean, and as a minister for uh, finance, leave him to start doing the work. Also, Mr. Pianim is unhappy with the change of Oseche Mensabunsu from his role as majority leader in parliament. Too many people are walking around uh, the presidency. Let's remove them. Currently both governments. Over, currently, it's over a thousand. And, and you feel both, all of that. Bo both right. governments, when they come, they remove a minister, he becomes a special advisor in the president. We don't want that. Oseichi Mentabuzu has resigned. Some say his arm was twisted, others say not. Uh, he's not going for another parliamentary term. But good or bad move? Oseichi Mentabuzu is an icon in parliament, okay? People sitting outside think that managing a parliament is easy. It isn't easy. Right. He has to make sure that all the bills that cabinet minister the president is sent are in line with the constitution. I'm saddened. I think he should have been left there you to are be. Saddened. Yeah, he should have been left there to manage parliament. The little that is uh, left there. And well, the NDC's flag bearer John Mahama has proposed a 24-hour economy if voted into power in the December general election. But Mr. Pianim says the proposal lacks clarity. Uh, people are talking about, you know. 24-hour uh, economy. I don't understand. What is it? We don't even have electricity for one shift. Where are we going to get electricity for three shifts? We started the well, idea we, of a 24... We don't, we don't a have 24. excess power anymore. You, start, you started by talking about the independent power producers and all yeah. that. We don't have... We are not Look, maximizing the power. We, we started uh, a 24-hour economy. I was Minister of Finance. We told PWD, all the repairs, you do it in the night, okay? the traffic will move. When they started doing that, the managers 
were refusing to go and so forth. I didn't have electricity uh, to go around. Don't have the security to go around, okay? So let's think through everything carefully and say, what can we do now? Well, the NDC flag bearer, John Mahama, has hit at government for the slow pace of development in newly created regions and promises to change the order. Speaking at a meeting with traditional authorities at the Jakpa Palace, John Mahama made a solemn promise to the people of his willingness to ensure that development in the new region rages on Nanayajima tour the Savannah region with him and filed this report. The tour of the Savannah region made its first stop at the Jakpa Palace where there was a meeting with the Yabonra and Savannah Regional House of Chiefs. Yabonra B. Kununta Jeu Sali I admonished the former president to prioritize issues of underdevelopment, poverty and unemployment among the youth. General poverty, countrywide poverty, followed by youth unemployment and finally by underemployment, particularly in the public service. These three problems, I beg to state, should be given due attention when you come back to power. The NDC flag bearer, John Dramani Mahama, expressed disappointment over the failure of the NPP administration to develop the six new regions. It is easy to create a region, but a region must have certain things to be called a region. The six regions that were created, they were created just in name. But the things that should go so that when you enter the region, you know this is a region, are still not there. And I can assure you that not only for Savannah region, but for all the six newly created regions, if NDC comes into power, the things that you need to be called regions, we will make sure that we provide them. For Join News, Nanaya Ojima. Savannah region. Well, moving on, Member of Parliament for North Tone constituency Samuel Okujetua Blackwa is accusing government of budgeting 600 million Ghana cities for personal expenses for the All African Games without parliamentary approval. Mr. Okujetua Blackwa says this amount is entirely different from the 2.4 billion Ghana cities spent on infrastructure for the Games. The North Tone MP has accused government of being insensitive to the plights of Ghanaian and has vowed to hold the Youth and Sports Minister Mustafa Yusif before Parliament for further questioning. I am in utter shock that after requesting 100 million cities, they have gone ahead to draw up a budget which has been approved by the President, which undermines the authority of Parliament. And that budget is six times what has been approved by Parliament. $48 million, which comes to some 602 million Ghana cities at the prevailing exchange rate. This is unacceptable. After we have spent a colossal $197 million on infrastructure, when we return to the House tomorrow, we shall be seeking the Speaker's blessings to summon the Youth and Sports Minister. That will be the first step. We will be demanding answers to this blatant wastage, this flagrant you know, undermining of the authority of, of, of parliament. Samuel Okujetua Blackwa there. Well, there's some development there and the sports team have been looking into it. Victor, what, what have you got? Well, um, so you had 
Honorable Kujito Ablak was speaking yes. there. Now, that figure he mentions works out to about uh, 200.6 million Ghana cities a day. Whoa. Yes, for the entire tournament. Now, they are only get, getting this money from government, so they've held meetings. And when I say that, I mean the LOC chairs had meetings with the with Ghana Gas, EMI Energy, Magdan, Zoom Lion, and other organizations. And they've made a bit of had a bit of success over there. Um, recently, Boss paid them an amount of five hundred thousand mm. US dollars as part of their sponsorship. You may be wondering where some of these monies would Indeed. go. A document Joy Sports has cited the transport management handbook of the LOC gives an idea as to where some of these monies would go. The LOC has said per that document that they intend to procure 332 vehicles for the three-week tournament. Now, 55 buses are what they have penciled down. They will also buy 29 land cruisers, 106 saloon cars, 26 minibuses, 78 wagons, mm. 30 Ayalolo new buses, 5 trucks, and three Toyota Are products. Are these vehicles for, for the sports teams or for who? For the games. That is what the transport management handbook says. So for various purposes as far as transportation are concerned. Not limited to Team Ghana alone, mm, okay. but for all other um, auxiliary service providers. Thank you, Victor Achu Tamaklo is with our sports deck, and you're still listening to the midday news gone by exclusive statements revealing closure of the four radio stations in Boko was due to a unanimous decision between the Upper East Regional Coordinating Council and the National Security. Also, later we'll be hearing um, the creative fraternity has been plunged into mourning following the demise of Peter Morgan, the lead singer for Grammy Award-winning reggae group Morgan Heritage. TV is stepping up your entertainment from the 15th of January at no extra cost to you. If you are on GoTV Value, upgrade to GoTV Plus to watch GoTV Max. Already on GoTV Plus? Upgrade to GoTV Max to enjoy GoTV Super. And if you are on GoTV Max, upgrade to GoTV Super to enjoy the best of the best on GoTV Super Plus. Don't wait. Step up your entertainment today. It's on us. GoTV. Love it. TCNC Supply. When budgets are tight and money difficult to come by, you want to be sure you get the best value for your money. These are not times to be spending money fixing expensive engine problems because of cheap fuel and lubricants. Drive to a petrol source station today and buy your quality fuel and lubricants and rest assured of fuel that lasts long and lubricants that prevent expensive engine problems. Hear the sound. <laughs> Petrosol. Clean fuel in full quantity. Welcome back to the Midday News. Now, the Northern Electricity Distribution Company, NETCO, is embarking on a revenue mobilization drive aimed at retrieving funds owed them by defaulters. The move, according to the company, is to enhance its financial standing and address outstanding payment issues. PRO Alassan Ababa says the exercise would be conducted in all its operational areas. Every customer who is in our arrears has, in one way or the other, been informed of his or her indebtedness. And uh, they've made some attempts in the past to enter into some payment arrangement with us. We are only following on that arrangement 
to ensure that whatever is due us, we are taking a little over one billion Ghana cities. Now let's do some fact-checking. The University of Ghana says it has revised its plagiarism policy to include the use of artificial intelligence. According to a notice issued today and signed by the registrar, Emilia E.J. Mensah, the University Council and the Academic Board, this is part of a series of crucial updates with a primary focus on combating plagiarism and other forms of academic misconduct. Now joining me is Head of our Research Desk, Raymond Aqua, via Zoom with more on this policy. Raymond, what does the notice say? So it actually says council has approved the revised policy on plagiarism and other misconduct following recommendations by the business executive committee. Indeed, it says also that the university is committed to ensuring that its faculty, staff and students demonstrate independent thinking in their work and do not engage in behaviors that compromise the integrity of research and other academic work. It's pushed further to say the purpose of the policy is to ensure that the university commits to the highest level of integrity and ethical standards in the academic work of its staff and students. The document defines what constitutes plagiarism and other acts of academic misconduct and outlines efforts at preventing and sanctioning these acts. Indeed, it talks about the change in the name, originally named the plagiarism policy. Now it's going to be called policy on plagiarism and other academic misconduct. Well, Raymond, uh, specifically on the addition of the AI, what are the details? Now, it also says a major addition in the revised policy is the use of artificial intelligence for academic work and research. The University of Ghana recognizes that AI and related software or programs are widely available to assist with academic projects, but notes that the spirit of the policy is to ensure originality in academic work. Therefore, any use of AI and related tools that violates this will be considered unacceptable. Thank you very much, Raymond. Aqua is lead on our research desk. Now, born to a trader and a farmer in a small community near Akutia in the eastern region, 30-year-old Dr. Alice Amega has emerged as a global skills development specialist and advocate with a strong determination to give back to her community, country and the world. Despite humble beginnings, she achieved a first-class degree from the University of Ghana and a scholarship to attend the prestigious Oxford University for her master's and obtained her doctorate from the University of Cambridge before the age of 30. Maxwell Agbagwa has more. A ceremony at the respected University of Cambridge as Dr. Alice Amiga received her doctorate degree after her PhD studies. From humble beginnings to what many describe as the pinnacle of education. I am Alice Amiga, a proactive and determined young Ghanaian who believes in the power of education. In this video, a young Alice Amega shares her passion for science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, technical, vocational education training, STEM, TVET. Before age 30, she worked on youth career guidance, youth counseling, and skills development with national, regional, and international organizations such as the Commission for TVET, the World Bank Group, UNESCO, 
and more in this interview. She talked about her humble beginnings and how education helped her to attain her dream. Myself coming from a background that is largely from a rural context in Eastern region, um, a community called Boydia. In honor of my own journey as a young woman coming from being first generation um, university graduate, um, I decided to specialize in education. It is quarter past nine and 500 girls drawn from various senior high schools have gathered for the STEM TVET Awareness Day organized by Dr. Lisa Megues NGO Education and Inspirations Hub. As the event unfolds, various speakers take the stage to emphasize the importance of STEM TVET for girls. Maxwell Agbagba with that report. Well, sad times in the entertainment industry. Reggae lovers across the world and the Grammy Award winning band Morgan Heritage mourning the sudden demise, demise of a lead singer of the group, Peter Anthony Morgan. According to a family statement, Peter passed away on February 25 at age 46. My colleagues Jacqueline Asmoyabwa and Maxwell Agbagba 